Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dafa Shavua as we study Mesechus Yavamas, Daftzadi Gimel. Could you imagine? 92 blot already done. Well, 91 actually, because we started on Daf Bays. I want to thank Rabbi Andrew Israeli for his phenomenal shear last week. Uh, happy to do this week's shear. And I may be out for another week, but let's see what happens. This uh, daf is really an incredible daf, especially because most of it is not halachala masa, at least the way we paskin. It's the question of whether we could be kona adava shaloba la'olam. Now, I'm going to give you a classic gemara from Baba Mitzia, and then uh, we're going to use that to apply to our gemaras. Remeir, as we see Rabbi Akiva here, holds that a, an active acquisition can be done on something which is not yet in the world. What's a kind of practical situation to this? So whether a man could uh, have Arison with a woman who's presently uh, a Gentile. A woman's not Jewish. So when we say Davish Olam, her status as far as being a marriage partner, according to uh, the position that you could be Kona Davish Olam, then the marriage will become valid once the woman uh, converts. You have a similar halacha, also something, again, not relevant today, with a um, shifcha. The way it also ties out into halacha, and you find this discussed in the Shulchan Aruch, I'll give you an example in Choshe uh, Mishpat, Hilkos Mekach Memkar, is in the world of uh, an industry, in selling where could you sell a field which you haven't yet acquired? But once you acquire it, the field automatically goes to the buyer. So you want to get some money in advance. You know you're going to end up getting the field. So this way you get some money up front to use it (coughs) for something else. You know, it's an investment opportunity um, from both sides. So we generally hold... When I say generally, we passing against Reb Meir and Reb Yakiva in our daf that uh, a Kenyan cannot be done on something that is a davish We sometimes use this as an expression about uh, trying to put down people's anxiety. Why are you worrying about things that are not yet around? You know, focus on the moment. On uh, what's the big expression that's used today? Mindfulness, as opposed to trying to worry about things that don't yet exist. Now, our Gemara is going with the Davish Lobo Olam. I want to just read to you the Halach and the Shulchan Aruch and Mishpat, where this is brought down. This is Simon Reish Tess Sif Dalet, that we are not Makna Davish Lobo Olam. Bain B'mecher, whether we're talking about the seller, Bain B'matnas Bari, even when it comes to gifts and different types of uh, changes through acquisitions. Even which is a complicated case, we're not going to get into. So that's the bottom line halacha. I wanted to spend some time today, would make the shear a little bit uh, different, but it's something that really fascinated me, where there's a very strong, and I'm calling it a havamina, because that's the way our Gemara seems to conclude. And through this, we're going to get to an interesting discussion in halacha that in the case, this is on the bottom of Tzadikim Muhammad Aleph. <clears throat> so you have an Aris, he's a sharecropper, who brings every Shabbos special delicacies to the to a person. 
but one Shabbos he doesn't do it. Now the problem in Eretz Yisrael is if you're going to get these delicacies on Shabbos itself, then at least on a Durabanan level, you're not allowed to be mafresh trimus and maestros on Shabbos to take it out of Tevel. So what this guy decides to do is he decides <coughs> he's going to, the, the, the person who's going to get the goods, he's going to be mafresh the Tevel, um, trimus and maestros in advance somehow. Even though, as Tosfos points out, this is very complicated and would only be allowed for Shabbos because you don't have everything in front of you. You're being mafresh, trumos, and maestros, that the davish olam. Again, davish olam doesn't mean that these fruits aren't around, but you don't have access to it yet. And the Gemara goes out of its way to say it's allowed. Laman kalayamim, because he's supposed to have, um, you should learn to fear Hashem all of your days. Elu Shabbosos V'yamtov. And Rashi says, incredible Rashi over here, Lamad Lehizahir Shalom Yivata Onek Shabbos. That when we talk about Yiras Hashem, Yiras Hashem is not just sitting and learning on Shabbos, which is obviously a big part of it, but it's enjoying ourselves on Shabbos. So this becomes, at least uh, from the perspective of the Gemara, and, uh, the rule, right? This is not an exception to the rule, but it would be part of the rule and part of the, one of the proofs that's brought for the position of Rabbi Akiva, as I'm pointing out from the Gemara in Bav Metziah, that I was familiar with beforehand, according to Rameir as well. Now again, Halach Lamaisa, this is not the way we're going to paskin. I don't think we paskin this way, even for Onik Shabbos. But I wanted to get a little bit into the Onik Shabbos concept. You know, we had this past Shabbos, Parshas Kisisa, we read about Shabbos. Shabbos, uh, I quoted in Shul, in one of the Shiurim, from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Shabbos is a, is a day of bitachon, especially at times when people were not as rich as they are today. And it kind of reminded me of this uh, issue over here, because this guy is so concerned that he's not going to end up having food for Onek Shabbos or delicacies for special uh, Onek Shabbos that he wants to do a workaround by being Kona Davashloba Laolam. And obviously in this coming week's parsha, we see how significant Shabbos is, that you can't have Binyan Hamigdash during, uh, on Shabbos as important as the Migdash is. I saw a fascinating insight from uh, Rabbi Salavechik. He said that you know there was not one break in the Mishkan of the Kedusha Samishkan in all the years. But when it comes to Shabbos, we saw problems with the Makoshes Eitzim, because Shabbos is a great Nisayan. And uh, his point over there is we should take Shabbos more seriously than we take uh, our synagogues. Not that the Mishkan isn't important and the Beis HaMikdash is not important. So taking Shabbos important, I looked at a Chashuk Echemet, and I'm going to go through a Chashuk Echemet case. I don't usually go through the whole case, but it's such an unbelievable case that I had to share it with you. I like to believe that all these Chashuk Echemet cases are real. Uh, I recently heard from a very significant Rosh Hashiva that they're not real. It was a message he sent me about Chashuk Echemet, but it doesn't really matter because they teach great lessons. It's just very creative in how to teach a lesson. I once had a conversation with uh, Dr. Chaim Salavechik about uh, the Trumas Hadeshen. The Trumas Hadeshen has fascinating shuvos, many of them that find their way into halacha. And the rumors around that the Trumas Hadeshen, that the questions that he asked weren't 
necessarily questions that were asked to him. And I asked uh, Rabbi Dr. Chaim Soloveitchik if it matters. You know, I, I didn't ask him if it matters. I said, are these true cases? Because it doesn't matter. Like, that's not the point. The point is the Truman's digestion felt the need to put them in, reflecting uh, what was going on in his time and obviously the halacha. So here's the case. This is such a great case. I'm going to maybe read to you more than I usually do from the Chashuge Chemeh. Okay, so the key over here is how we get this back into our Gemara is the significance of Onik Shabbos, as reminded to us by Rashi and also by the Tosfos that I referred to. Okay, what happened was, Sheila Masabi Isha, there's a story with a woman, Shabala Hayamis Acher Milavo Beshabbos Babokim Besaknesis. She had a husband who he would uh, diddle daddy and he wouldn't come home from Shul right away after davening. And she was hungry. Now, she could have made her own Kiddush, but she wanted to be respectful and, you know, not, not, not make Kiddush ahead and have the meal ahead. And then what he would do is not only would he hang out and schmooze, and then he would end up uh, learning a little bit after davening. She didn't want to make Kiddush alone and it would make a big scene. He walks in, you made Kiddush already. But the bottom line is she wanted to have Onik Shabbos. She was hungry. So what did she do? Around the corner from her house was a motel, a hotel. And she would go every Shabbos to the hotel for Kiddush. They're not going to know the difference if an extra person shows up. And she heard Kiddush there. Again, I'm talking about this. This is not such a Yavamas issue. But the Gemara over here talks about Yeres Hashem through enjoying Shabbos. This is how the question comes up. And in, in order to satisfy another halacha, that you have to have enough Kiddush B'makam Suda, which means over here it's not necessarily the way people misunderstand it, that you have to make Kiddush at every Suda. But in order to be Yotze Kiddush, you have to have a Suda. So she would make sure to have a Suda there by taking uh, a lot of cake, you know what mehabar is? From the bar of the Malon. Now, she was not a guest of the hotel. And in brackets we have over here that she didn't just take the, you know, Pashida Kichel. So she took the most expensive ones, Leonic Shabbos. Again, and now if, uh Zilberstein says, whether she learned the Gemara here or not, she wants to make sure to satisfy Now the story continues that like every good Jewish person, Yom Echad, one day, she started to do some Cheshbon and Nefesh, I mean, apparently she was doing this for years, and she said that uh, maybe I was over Gazela. I mean, that seems pretty obvious to me. And then she's also worried about the brachos being brachos lovatala because you can't make a brachos on something that was stolen. And then she never had kiddush b'makom suda. So how do you make this up years later? You know, you can't just say I confess. And you know that part of Gazela is not just asking mechila uh, from the Rebana Shalom. You have to have a You have to return, and most likely you have to get uh, forgiveness from the person who you stole from. So the answer that Rose Zilberstein gives 
it's actually multi-level. She has to estimate how many weeks she did this. And she has to find the owners and pay for them and pay them. And then he brings down different sources from the Shari Tshuva, Simon Tafresh and Ches, and others that maybe you could look at what she did as being Kona Lemafreya once she pays back, which is a tremendous Chiddush, and then you wouldn't have the other issues. You'd only have the Gazela issue, not the Kiddush Ramakam Suda, and not the Brachla Vatala. And then he, she should also, Umasik Dim Payas Das Balov if she could make the guy feel better when she gives back the money, which means he forgives her. Osha Machalo Alamos, or he's going to be Mochahar on the money, then Hukonolo Mafreya Vishalchem Karinan Bey. Tremendous chidushim. Again, the woman had proper intent to a certain extent, but she definitely uh, took things way too far. Now, he brings in something very interesting at the end, which is a general principle when it comes to mitzvahs. Let's say the shul would have some outsiders come in and listen to our uh, kiddush. You don't have to have a membership. You know, we want any Jew to be able to fulfill a mitzvah. In a hotel, you wouldn't say the same thing for lunch. You know, the inbal is not going to say anybody could come in for lunch. But maybe for a kiddush, they would be okay with it if some extra people come in. That's his last desperate attempt because what ends up coming up in the case is there's a possibility that there was a change of ownership. So now, who are you supposed to pay back? So he wants to maybe find a way to say, that if you would sometimes ask people, would you mind if someone came in, then they wouldn't really have a problem with it. And he quotes uh, an interesting issue that he discusses in Bab Mitzvah, if you end up, you go into your friend's refrigerator and you're a guest there, is this considered to be gazela? You drink something from there. Do you have to ask permission if you're going to take a drink? And I think we would assume that if you're, you're at a friend's house, then you could take almost anything. You can't take the silverware, but you could end up taking the food. So again, this started from a Dovish Lobo Olam question, but it ends up, what you do is you take one of the details. I wanted to take a detail on the daf that was Halach Lamaisa. The Halach Lamaisa aspect over here is not just Kiddush Makam Suda, is not just making a bracha, on something that uh, you've acquired properly and all the other aspects of it, but really of which includes Onyx Shabbos. Have a great week of learning.